this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only miss audrina patridge hey guys i'm so happy to do this and be on your show i mean listen i am so happy to have you here i mean how are you today what's going on in la today um i am doing good yesterday we filmed um our podcast actually <clears throat> so that was a it's probably why I'm also kind of losing my voice <laughs> um lots of talking but yeah it's beautiful here in LA and I'm just having kind of a relaxing day well you know you can only relax for so long because you know I think soon we're going to be saying Audrina Patridge New York Times best-selling author because I mean congrats choices to the hills and back again thank you, a- you. <laughs> I mean, listen, I have to start with an obvious question. Like, why now? Like, you've been through so much. Like, why was now, you know, kind of the right time to, like, write this book? You know, the last, I mean, I'm always getting DMs from fans. And that's kind of what inspired me to, because I was responding to everyone. And they were asking for my advice of, you know, how did you get through what you've been through and your, you know, your relationship or just in general, lots of questions. So it was kind of an opportunity for me to put everything in one place and just talk about it all because I've always been the type to keep my mouth shut. Don't say anything. I let people gossip about me, spread rumors, say whatever they want. And I've always been like, whatever, the people that know me or, you know, they know the truth. Um, And I was just kind of not in that mode of defending myself constantly or, 
I don't know, clearing everything up. So this really gave me the opportunity to just be vulnerable and open up and really just give everyone what they've been wanting and, and answer everything. I mean, and that's the thing, like, you know, for everyone, everyone needs to read this book, you know, like at first I'm like, okay, you know, I've read a lot of books, like, let's see, but you hold nothing back, Audrina. Oh, did you read it? Yes. Yes. Wait. So you loved it. <laughs> loved it. And, you know, I, look, I mean, there's certain things I knew, but I mean, certainly like I learned so much about you, you know, just from this whole, I mean, when you look back to the beginning, like 2006, I mean, it's almost 20 years, you know, do yeah. you, can you believe that? I can't, honestly, I cannot believe it's been, I think like, yeah, 16 years this week, actually, um, since the Hills first premiered and, you know, I've been through a lot. I didn't know what I was in for and what reality TV really was at first. And I just was like, well, I don't know what it is, but I'm doing it. So let's, let's see what it, what happens. And it just blew up and it changed my life forever. So you know, in good ways. And I, I have had so many opportunities, but then I really wanted to, to talk about what comes with fame because I feel like so many people want to be famous and they want to be a reality star or they want to be a YouTube star, you know, and they don't realize what comes with that. There's not, I mean, I think that's why I love this book so much. It's something I talk about on this podcast all the time. Like I love talking about like the concept of fame, you know, and like people think one thing and like in reality, it's something different. And I think a lot of people think, you know, you're famous, like you're Beyonce, you're Jay-Z, you're Lady Gaga. There's lots of levels of fame, right? So yes. you really, and I want to get to that in a second, but you really, like you said, you didn't know what you were getting into. Like, even though Laguna Beach was so like such a big hit, like you didn't realize how this could really just kind of change everything when you started The Hills. I had no idea. And to be honest, I never watched Laguna Beach. I, I knew who Lauren was just from like Us Weekly and all the tabloids back then, um, because then we didn't have social media. We had the magazines um, and then blogs. But yeah, back then, I really didn't know what reality was. There was, you know, road rules and the Jessica Simpson, Simpson show. Um, but I had no idea. And, and when I first started filming, you know, you're sitting there and you have all these cameras around you and people watching you. And you're, I kind of like choked up, like, oh my gosh, like I'm a very private person. How am I going to get used to this? But the more you do it, it's like working out a muscle, you know, like you get better and better and um, more comfortable. Did you want to be an actress like before you were on the Hills? Like, was that your goal originally? Yes. So I was already going, well, actually I was going to college to be a psychologist and I was going to auditions in the day um, before school, I was doing night school and I was always late to school. So I was being, you know, they were going to drop me and I was like, all right, I need to make a decision. Am I just going to go for it and give it a shot? I can always go back to school or I just need to focus on one thing. So I chose to give it a shot. And honestly, it was just like that, you know, Hollywood story that you're at the right place at the right time. And that's what happened. I just, it was like meant to be. Wow. What about, you know, cause like, I think what people learn from this book too, like we talk about fame, you know, like from a viewer, I think like it seemed like it really was overnight. Like, was it, you know, like the Hills was such a big thing. Was it really like, okay, here you are, you're Audrina Patridge. And the next day you're Audrina Patridge. It was because, 
Well, we filmed for a while before they even aired the first season. Um, so we filmed all of this stuff and we were out and people weren't used to cameras. So everyone would sit there and stare at us. And it was so awkward at first, but then you don't care. It's like you're in a bubble. Um, and then whenever people started recognizing me or running up to me and crying and hugging me because they felt like they knew me and they related to what I was going through. It was just so surreal. And, you know, I even had like older, older woman at the mall giving me advice about my relationship with Justin. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like everybody really, all these people think they really know me. And I mean, it's nice that they relate to what I'm going through, but it was just so crazy that I'm like talking to all these people that I don't even know. Do you remember like your first big splurge, you know, like eventually like money came, like, do you remember like what oh, you kind of, you do? Yes. Yeah, so I bought a 5,000, I think it was five or $10,000, a Chanel surfboard. And then I love Chanel. So I just started collecting all the bags, all the purses and that was, those are my first, like, and a Louis Vuitton suitcase. I have so much Louis Vuitton. I'm obsessed. So like, <laughs> right. and I have Chanel too, but like Louis is, so I, 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 I'm the wrong person to give you any, you know, it's just, but you got to treat yourself, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you do talk about, you know, fame a lot in this book choices, like just from a money point of view, you know, like Spencer and Heidi, like notoriously, like they ran out of all their money. Like, did you ever go down? Like we talk about splurges, like that road of like, wait a second, like I'm living like I'm Beyonce and I'm not. Yeah. Especially being, you know, on TV sometimes. And even now it's like, you'll have a TV show and you'll have consistent income and then you won't have anything for sometimes over a year. So you have to really learn how to invest your money and save and for those times where you don't have anything coming in, which this, that's how the industry is, you know, that's, it's, it's not consistent living. <laughs> Did you really have issues with that? Cause it seems like you were pretty good with your money. I mean, I'm pretty good with my money. My family's really good. So they helped, you know, and I invested it and I didn't spend it all on materialistic stuff. You know, I bought some things here and there, but I, you know, I also bought a house and I invested in stock and like, I got an investor or like someone to help me with those investments. Um, but yeah. And then you know, when I went through my divorce, it like wiped me of everything I had saved, like everything. So I really had to start over completely. You did. Yeah. I mean, you also talk about in this book about, you know, like, look, you had access to everything, right? Like no one's going to say no to the hot reality star. You know, there's clubs, VIP, like what was that time like in your life? Like, did you like it? You know, before we talk about everything else that came that we, I read in this book, I mean, that must've been great, right? It was, we, I just talked to Brody and Frankie about this yesterday because I feel like back then that was like the best the best time, the best clubs, you know, there was no, like everybody had flip phones or sidekicks. No one had, no one, you weren't being filmed everywhere and watched all the time. So you could just live freely and not worry about anyone like constantly like watching you. And there was exclusive clubs and it was always, you know, you go to a club and it's like Paris Hilton, Britney Spears. And like, you're with all these people and they're so friendly, but everybody kind of understands, like, we all just want to have fun and be free and not have to worry about 
doing something or dancing in a weird way or being caught making a weird face if you're eating a certain, you know, it's like, so we all had that same um, understanding of just pro- protecting each other in a way and just like embracing life and just having fun. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami. Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at Crocs.com. Just use the code SANDALS20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. You guys know I work from home and because of that, I travel a lot and I'm never in one place for very long. And that's why when it came to my mental health, the only option I could see was Talkspace. Talkspace is kind of like having a therapist in your pocket. I personally, and you too, can reach out to your therapist or psychiatrist anytime from anywhere. And it just makes taking care of mental health so easy. When I'm away and I need to talk to my therapist, I just send a message from wherever, you know, I can work through things. It's so easy. You can sign up online and basically start therapy the same day you sign up. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's just easy. It's convenient. It's literally like you don't have to leave your home. And it's also, I mean, this is the greatest part, I think. Well, one of the greatest parts, it's affordable. It's a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. Instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send unlimited messages 24 seven, they'll engage with you literally, you know, 
any day. So listen, as a listener of this podcast, you get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code VELVET to get $100 off of your first month and show your support for the show, right? That's nice. That's VELVET and Talkspace.com. Did you ever go down? Cause like, you know, again, no one says no, like the temptation of look, we all know how, I mean, I live in New York city. We all know what happens in the clubs. I mean, there's access to like lots of drugs. Like, did you ever feel that temptation? I mean, that was, that's Hollywood in general. It's everywhere, you know, and you know, it's easy to get sucked into Hollywood and there's after parties. And then, you know, especially, I mean, it's like that now, but back then I feel like we were so young with no responsibilities that I remember Lauren and I, like we would always, we would go out Monday through Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there is a hot spot Monday and like Tuesday. And then we'd go to an after party at a friend's house. Like it was usually a celebrity and you see lots of crazy things at these parties. You do. So, I mean, at least, you know, and again, we're going to get into the book more, but at least you never kind of went down that road with like a blowing your money, like all these temptations, like at least you had a good head on your shoulders. From yeah, that I was point very, yeah, very grounded. And, you know, I, I was born in LA. I grew up in Orange County. So, you know, and I was going to LA at a young age, I had models and actor friends. So it wasn't like I was thrown into it. And, and I also had my family where if they didn't hear from me for a couple of days, my mom would be like, all right, get your butt in the car and get down here. Like you need to chill out for a minute. And it's good to have that. That's good. And I mean, I also love reading this book too. Like just being a fan of the Hills, like, you know, I think for everyone listening, if you think Audrey is not going to talk about the Hills, like there's a lot of Hills in this book. Yes. what was it like working on the Hills? Like you said, you know, just wanting to be an actress. Like now I think if someone offers someone a reality show, they're like, sign me up. But like you said, then you had road rules, the real world, you know, newlyweds, like you said, with Nick and Jessica, there wasn't really a lot to compare it to. Like, did you have that? Like, well, this is strange because I'm an actress. Now I'm on like, you know, did you have, you must've had reservations in the sense that, yeah, yeah, I definitely did. But in my mind, I was going to auditions and I was like, well, this will help me get comfortable in front of the cameras and maybe kind of see a different side of the industry. And it'll help me with auditioning and with, you know, going out for different commercials and music videos or like little things in movie, little parts in movies. Um, And so for me, that's kind of how I went into it. And it did help me get comfortable with not caring, you know, with people watching and listening and like the cameras are there and you have to try to be normal and like yourself and be opinionated and not like be silent because a reality show is about being opinionated and confrontational. And that is really hard sometimes. And we all know, look, we all know the Hills now in retrospect wasn't hundred percent actually real. I mean, we were all in on the joke. Was that hard? Like, you know, to me, I would think like, well, this is your cash cow. Like you all wanted to protect this secret or am I making too much of it? Like that was for producers or were you like as on it? Like, oh God, this isn't real. Is everyone going to find out? I mean, I kind of looked at it like a job, like this is my job. This is my TV life. And then I have my private real life. Um, But there's a lot of blurred lines because some of my real life was on the show, but then there were storylines to make it more dramatic because 
let's come on. Like my real life is not that dramatic and that exciting. Like them fall, if they really followed me around all day with the camera, it's, it's kind of boring. (laughs) So, you know, they put us together with a group of friends and we kind of improvise, you know, it's like improv acting basically. Yeah. Like what percent, and we won't harp on this because we've all heard about this ad nauseum, but like what percent would you say was real versus not real? Um, You know, on our podcast, The Hills Rewatch, Was It Real or Fake? We talk all about this and we actually brought on Andrew Perry, who is a producer on The Hills. And he gives a lot of scoop on this from a producer's side point on The Hills. So it was really interesting. But um, it's hard to say because there was real emotions, real feelings, You know, in the beginning, they would tell us where to be and what time and we would show up and we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. But if the main producer was there, we knew something was going down and he was there usually to give us a little push because it had to be a good scene. Um, And then you kind of catch on and you're like, okay, I can't run away from the situation. Now I have to walk up to her and, you know, start something and So like what you would say is coming from your, from what you would say and not so much the producers, but there definitely would be guidance and instigating a lot of manipulation, but it was all for entertainment. And we all knew that. So. And it's nothing different than reality TV doesn't do today. I just think the Hills was like the first and that's why everyone was so shocked. Yeah. I mean, the Hills was the first, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't have our hair and makeup done every day. Like there's a scene where we just watched this. That's why I'm bringing it up. Lauren and I wake up in the morning and I remember the producers would knock on the door and be like, you guys wake up. You got to be down in five minutes. Like, cause they had keys to our place. So they would just come in and set up and we'd go downstairs with a face of makeup from the night before. So hung over in our pajamas and we just sat there and like, that was so real. That was real. Or like, Oh my gosh, last night, like, let's talk about it, you know? And nowadays everybody that gets a reality show, they have to look perfect in the morning. And like, it's not that like, that was real. Like it wasn't staged. We didn't wake up and just be like, okay, like, what are we going to talk about? This is how we're going to do the scene and we need to look good. It's just like, let's wake up and let's be normal and talk about it. How is it doing this podcast now and rewatching things like that? Like, are you loving it? Do you cringe? I'm going to be honest. It's so cringy to watch. I have not watched it in so long from what, 16 years ago. Like that's the only time I watched it. And then that was it. So I watch it. I look so, we all look like babies. I had my baby cheeks. My eyebrows were so thin. I mean, you know, now I've had, I've had my lips done a little bit like the injection, but, um, I just, everybody, all of us look different. We were babies. And, and then some of the things I said and did and how I acted and my relationship with Justin. And it's like, what, what was I thinking? If I could go back, I would, do a lot of things differently and be more prepared, but it's, I, I would, I mean, listen, I can't even listen to an episode I did last week. I mean, I, I hate listening to this podcast. I'm just like, it's, I have to, and I, I cringe. So I can only imagine watching it with an actual picture of yourself and having it be that long ago. It's gotta be. It's hard. It's hard. And 
but it's fun on the podcast to talk and we have fans call in and answer questions and kind of give behind the scenes, um, you know, like what really happened or before this, and then when the cameras shut down, this is what happened. This is what they should have got. Um, so it's really fun to, to talk about all of it. What are the, what's like the number one fan question when people call in or that people kind of want to know? It's always like, was it real? Was it fake? That is the number one question. Um, and then about mine and Justin's relationship, if I still talk to him, if, if I think we have a chance in the future together, um, and then about me and Brody, they ask about, um, gosh, just what else did they ask yesterday? A lot of stuff specifically about the episodes too. Like there was a question about Teen Vogue with Lauren and Whitney, but I, I couldn't answer that because I don't know. So you're like, I wasn't there. Yeah. Some of this stuff, I really don't know. Was there anything like that you didn't want to do, you know, like that just stands out as like, oh, this is so fake. Like, I don't want to do this scene or like, I don't want to go down this road. There is a moment where, you know, I went on this date with Sean Stewart and for the show, he's like so nice and so funny. And we had a a great time. Um, And then on the show, they kept wanting to take it to another level. And I remember, you know, we were all drinking in San Diego and they, I was pressured to kiss him for all of us in order to get a third season. And I was like, what? That's a lot of pressure. And I never kissed anyone on this show except for Justin. Why am I going to kiss Sean? It's so random, but you know, they had a talk with me and they're like, come on, Adrena, just do it. Just do it. And I, and I watched that scene and that was really hard to watch because you could see it in my face and my body language and everything, how I was so uncomfortable and how I didn't want to do it. So when you watch the show, you know, kind of what's forced and what's not and what's natural. So, I mean, that's, you just watch and you know, instantly. In new beginnings, your whole relationship with Sean, to me, to not seem like, like, I don't see this. I feel no chemistry here. It wasn't genuine. And then Brody and I have natural chemistry and you could, you could just tell the difference, you know, and Justin and, So filming things against your will or against what you would naturally do, it's hard because it comes across on camera like it's it's fake. And like, which I mean, I mean, producers and like castmates wanted you to kiss Sean Stewart just of like, we need a third season, guys. Um, well, no, that was coming from the producers. I mean, Heidi and Spencer love Sean and, and Sean, we went on that double date and we would always hang out and like us four had the best time together. And I, I remember like, I had not laughed that much in so long. So we had a lot of fun together, but I just didn't have that romantic chemistry toward him. Like it just wasn't there. So I tried, but it wasn't there. So I had to, that was the end of it. How real were other relationships like Ryan Cabrera, for instance? I love Ryan and that was real. I brought him on. Um, but whenever you're in a real relationship that's not on a TV show, it's different. When there's cameras, it changes it. It changes everything. And 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 with that group of friends, like it was just so different, like the whole dynamic. And I, I really cared about Ryan, so I didn't want to use him or, you know, use him for the show or 
for anyone to hurt him or make him look bad. So, you know, I ended that. Is there anything you regret from the Hills or new beginnings that you did? I mean, maybe kissing the whole Sean thing, but like, is there <laughs> anything that you like regret where you're like, I just, or no, no regrets? Um, I feel like this last season of the Hills new beginnings, um, at that point it was after COVID and I was going through some really, really hard stuff, um, personally that I couldn't talk about on the show. And so my outlet, it's like every scene we were always drinking and I probably, I was, I watch it now and my family knows me and they're like, Trita, you're tipsy. Like, and I was like, I know. And so you watch it and you're like, I probably should have just not had any alcohol and been on my A game and like been able to fire back and like, you know, but then again, it's like, you can't, I don't restrict myself from having fun and I'm going to be myself. So I just, I guess I don't regret that. If I could go back, I feel like I would have been more aware of what I was getting myself into and my, like, I guess how I express my feelings and I'm a little more calculated. I wasn't, I just went for it. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know you guys love listening to my five-day-a-week celebrity interview podcast, but guess what? I found another podcast that interviews even bigger names and does so way more professionally than I do. Honestly, they do. Listen, it's called The Envelope. It's a celebrity guest podcast from the LA Times. That's right, LA Times, guys. And they cover award seasons in Hollywood and the entertainment industry. The first six episodes are available to binge now. That's right, right now. And let me tell you about these guests. I am so jealous. But Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin... Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Jennifer Coolidge, David Harbour from Stranger Things, Jessica Biel. Oh, and they get so deep and in-depth with their interviews. They really go there. Listen, these six episodes kept me so happy. Six hours of pure bliss. So listen, download and listen to the latest episodes of The Envelope anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can thank me later. Happy listening. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, you do talk a lot in this book choices about, you know, like losing your confidence, your self-worth, like finding your voice, like talk to us about that. Yeah. You know, I felt there was, I, I was, I was in a toxic relationship for a really long time. And a lot, this is a lot of the emails I was getting in or DMs from fans, like they could relate to that. So they wanted to know, how did I, how did I get myself back? 
because you're in a bubble and you're blinded by love and you slowly start isolating yourself and losing yourself. And, you know, I talk a lot about this in the book when you're being called certain names and always told you're this person that you're not, you kind of start believing it. And, um, yeah, I just, I lost my confidence. I lost like 20 pounds from being stressed out and I was the worst. It was like, I was at, I was just the worst I've ever been. And everyone that knew me kind of started seeing that. And I didn't have that sparkle in my eye and I was depleted and drained and just, I wasn't myself but I was trying to fake it and smile and act like everything was great. And people could see right through that. And that's what I think a lot of people reading this book, you know, because they think, you know, she's on the hill, she's new beginnings, like her life is great. You know, even though people might hear little things throughout the years, it's different than hearing it in your own words. Yeah. And everything that was out there on TMZ and in the press and you know, TMZ would get information from the courthouse before I even, it was public before I even got in my car from the courthouse and it's everywhere. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, let me process this and feel it before I'm being judged. And everybody knows, like, let me breathe for a second. But I, you know, you just learn how to deal with it. And I think, um, I had a lot of support and a lot of love and, you know, then there's tabloids of, accusing me of things. And it's like, you guys have no idea. Like, you know, a third of what's been going on. So, you know, I clear a lot of that up in the book as much as I can. Um, but yeah, that's all in there. What is, was there one thing in particular that kind of, you know, like, look, there's a lot of people listening to this that you're probably helping that are, are in relationships like this, that just can't get out. Like what was like, do you have, do you have a final straw or that you were just like, wait, I see the light. Yeah. You know, for me, um, I was in that off and on relationship for, for way too long, but whenever I got pregnant, that was the first year that we were consistently together. And then once I had my daughter that really opened my eyes and I wasn't living for myself anymore. It's like I had purpose and my purpose is to protect this little girl and make sure that she is taken care of and she's happy and like, she's not around toxic things. So, um, for me, it was my daughter. And then also, you know, growing up and going to church, I just felt so depleted and I just started going to church and I got into a small group and that really helped me. And I stayed focused on the positive and, and, and getting out of it. And then it's okay to get divorced, you know, cause I grew up in a family where you don't get divorced, you stick it out and you make it work no matter what. Um, so that was really hard for me too to make that decision. Well, you should have grown up in my family. Cause you would have gotten <laughs> divorced like on the second day and you would have been like, let's <laughs> move on, honey. Do you think like getting in that relationship? And of course I'm not judging, like did, you know, why do you ever, I mean, I'm sure you worked it all out now, but like, what was being on the Hills or TV or famous? Like, do you think that added to that, you know, like losing yourself? Yeah, I think I was just looking for security and it was so hard to date new people at that time because the show was so big and we had so many people in and out of our lives that were using us and lying to us and just getting information and, it was hard to trust anyone. And, and with my ex, I felt like 
I felt safe with him. I felt secure with him and like nobody was gonna mess with me or hurt me. And with him, it was like, there is safety. And I think I like latched onto that because of what I had been through and just with being famous and having random people show up at my door or, you know, being, I had stalkers. It was like, there was so many layers to that. And with my ex, you know, we had so much fun. And when the show ended, um, I really got to embrace our relationship and go to Australia with him and embrace his life. So it was kind of nice. And I just, I don't, I'm a person that doesn't like a lot of change, but I embrace it. But once I feel safe and it's like a secure kind of routine, which slowly became toxic and I adapted to it, which was very unhealthy. I just stuck it out, which is not good. It's not good. And you don't realize it's toxic when it's, you know, like at least now it seems like you, but some people never get there, which is. Yeah, I know. And like you, I've done so much healing and I went to so much therapy, which I'm still in, you know, and I've done a lot of like, just thought provoking, like spiritual work on myself with going to church and also just like with Reiki and energy clearing and learning how to meditate and control those triggers that come up when my heart like starts getting beating out of my chest because something might trigger me that I've been through in the past. Like there's a lot of work that I've done on myself. Do you fear like going back there, you know, like having done all this work, like, can you say, well, it's no, never, like I would never go back there. Oh, not, 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 no, 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 not with this person, but like, do you fear that like that's still in you or is it like, no, like I got that is gone. And I think it's totally gone because I haven't dated anyone in over three years. So I'm finally ready to open my heart and like start dating. Like I'm open to love now, but I had to do all that healing on myself before I could be open to that. And now I'm not dating for myself anymore. I have a daughter, so it changes everything. Well, as far as dating, like just physically, I mean, you are, you know, you've dated some famous people before, you know, Chris Pine, Ryan, like Justin Bobby, like what, just who physically is your type, you know, in Hollywood people that we might know. Um, I have the biggest, so I've been watching the last kingdom and Uhtred is like everything, (laughs) But I know he's a Viking. It's not realistic. Um, but if I could find myself in Uhtred, that'd be great. <laughs> do you like, where do you date? Like, are you, do you get fixed up? Are you on the websites? Do you slip into people's DMs? I haven't. I'm just getting into this. I, I've never been on any dating um, websites or anything like that. But a lot of my friends are like, I have someone I want to set you up with, you know, he's like 48 or he's 50 and he has, he's divorced. He has kids, you know, he's really successful or, or it's always through mutual people. And it's like, am I really ready? Should I just go on that date? Um, so I'm just getting into it. Well, what about, you know, we have Brody, we have (laughs) Justin Bobby. I mean, can't we, can't we revisit some of these people? I mean, Brody has a girlfriend, Um, and we'd film our podcast together. Frankie is so funny about always calling us out and how we should be together. And our chemistry is so natural and we're like best friends, but we can talk and we get in debates, but we can, 
figure it out. You know, we respect each other. So I don't know. There's like that. And then Justin, I still talk to from time to time. We check in on each other. I feel like he's someone that I'll always have love with or love with love for love with. What am I saying? I'll always have love for Justin. And and he says the same thing, but he's a nomad and he loves to travel and he doesn't like, I don't know. I'm a very, with my daughter, it's like, I need a structured routine and I can't be that spontaneous anymore and just go places on a whim, you know, like we're here for school. Like I my life is different. So it's hard with these guys I've dated in the past because I have a different life than they do. And it's hard too, because they don't know what it's like to have a child and to be a single mom. Well, I'm with Frankie on this one. I mean, (laughs) you know, I know Brody has a girlfriend, but you know, maybe one day he won't. And there is something about there you are, your friends forever. I mean, do you think ever like that could ever happen? I don't know. I guess it's all about timing, right? I don't know. I don't know. I guess never say never. (laughs) I I say never say never. (laughs) What about why don't you, you know, call your good friend Kristen Cavallari up? I mean, I know she doesn't live there, but she's single too. You guys can like be just women. I've actually, we have talked and I'm supposed to go out to Nashville with my daughter. So we've been trying to plan this trip because now Jason and Ashley live there too. So I'm going to probably go out there in the next month or so. And we're going to, you know, Ashley's um, nanny's out there so she could watch the kids and us girls are going to go out. And then also just me and Kristen, just to catch up, we have so much in common and she's single now. And I just, I love her, her energy, like everything about Kristen. She's like amazing. You could be each other's wing woman, you know? And that's what we said. I was like, we should host or do a dating show about us dating and take go from east coast to west coast and the midwest and like let's see who's out there (laughs) well i mean there you go i mean would you like to pitch it to a network i mean Kristen has you know her her in at e you have some in at mtv come on now yeah i know maybe i'll call netflix and have my manager talk to them if you if you were gonna fix Kristen up what would you what type of guy would you want for her i feel like Kristen. She likes a confident man that is powerful. Like she's a very powerful, confident person. So she needs someone that's going to be at on her level or a little higher, you know? And I know even back in the day, she always loved football players. So the fact that she did end up marrying a football player, you know, I think now she's looking for more love and for more, um, not saying that there wasn't love there, but more sense of humor and like the comedian that she dated, you know, and, and I get where she's at. Cause when I got out of my divorce, you know, I dated and with the, went on dates with a couple guys, got back with Ryan, you know, and it's like, you need that personality, the sense of humor and somebody that's nurturing and caring and respectful of the fact that you're a single mom and you might have to just leave in the middle of a date or things happen where you might have to cancel last minute. So there's a, she just deserves the world. Did you ever, was there ever someone that we know that slipped into your DMs, like someone famous where you're like, I'm flattered, but not for me. Actually, there's been a few, but I don't, I don't want to like call them out. (laughs) Are you sure you don't want to give us some names here today behind the there was well there's been a couple musicians um give us one just one good one oh my goodness 
uh, who else? You know, it's funny. I didn't realize that in your DMs, you you have the general and then the primary, and then you have like all the red checked ones or the, you know, the like legitimate ones. So I was going through them the other day and it was, this goes back to like, I don't know, 150 something weeks ago. And, um, I don't know if I should say the name. You'd say it. It's it's 150 weeks ago. It doesn't matter at this point. Well, it was just like, hey, what's up? You know, there's been comedians like uh, David Spade wrote to me on Instagram. Um, and then, you know, that's also like friendly banter too, but it's not like, hey, I want to take you out. It's just like funny. They still write to you. Yeah, you know, and then I'm also friends with a lot of these people. So it's like, yeah, they slip in my DMs, but we see each other out in LA and at events and at concerts. Um, And then they'll write to me like, hey, like, it was so good seeing you. You know, you should come up to my restaurant next week or like, let me know when you want to come up and I'll hook you and your friends up or something. David, David Spade's a funny guy. You say you want someone funny. He's funny, but I don't know. <laughs> he dated, he was with Caitlin. He's not my type. He's a great guy, but there's plenty of other people on my DMs. So I don't know. That's fine. You don't have to tell us anymore. Were you upset? You know, like you said, like the producers were like, you know, cause listen, you did a lot of things when the Hills went off. The- well, first of all, you did a lot of things when the Hills went off the air. How was dancing with the stars as far as like difficulty and things you've done in your career? Cause I've talked to a I, lot of people that say yes. a lot. I mean, I loved it. It was challenging and I love a good challenge. Um, but physically like towards the end, I was dancing on a sprained ankle that I had to wrap and numbing like numbing wrap to be able to like put pressure on it. Um, so that was hard, but I would do it again. I mean, it was very strenuous and it was, you know, we danced six days a week and I was in the studio sometimes for eight hours a day. Um, so that was my life. I lived and breathed dancing for gosh, I think I lasted for five or oh no, I don't even know. When did I get voted off? I think I was in the top five and then I got voted off. Which I had all nines. Yeah, but I had all nines and got voted off. And Tony Dovolani, who was my partner at the time, was so mad because, you know, we felt like we should have stayed on and Bristol should have got voted off. But it is what it is. And you would go back, you know, because they they do these all-star, you know, versions of everything and they've done it. Like, if you got a call, you would definitely go back. Yeah, I think I would. Um, It might be a little hard because... I don't have a lot of help with my daughter and I would have to figure that out, but, um, I would go back. I'm here for it. Yeah. Were you, so the Hills new beginnings, you know, the prayers of the gods have been answered for many of us when this was, I mean, it was a huge thing when it was like coming back. Were you disappointed? Like when it only lasted two seasons or. You know, it was really hard with COVID and we were in the flow of filming and like there was some real natural like drama happening and then COVID hit and it like killed everything. And then by the time we started filming again, almost a year later, everybody was kind of in a different mental space and different relationships or a little bit more guarded where before we were like, okay, let's do this. We're going to make this the best show. Like, let's give it our all. 
And then it was just kind of like, okay, well, where do we start again? So we had to start refilming everything. And then that's when we kind of had storylines, especially me, because I didn't have a lot of my real life, I, you know, in the show, with my daughter and certain things I just couldn't have on there. Um, so that's where the Sean Stewart storyline came in. And um, I, I made the best of it, you know, and then there's always like the natural gossip and confrontation and things like that. Uh, but when it ended, I just felt like, I feel like it ran its course. And if I wasn't going to get back with Justin or I wasn't going to be with Brody, then it's like, I didn't, there's like nothing. Right. And not you just for the show, but in, right. you know, and Heidi and Spencer, like they do really great. They were all gave it their all. Everybody really like stepped it up, but it was kind of like, okay, well, what do we do now? Like, where would this go? Like everybody's, either nobody is embracing who they are. They're holding back and they're not drinking on camera, only off camera because they're guarded and they're not talking. It's, it's boring. Like you got to give it your all or it's not going to do well. Although, like you said, Heidi and Spencer gave it their all. They really did, you know, and she really, really, really wanted a baby. So I just found out, you know, she's pregnant. So Congrats to that. I texted her yesterday and I'm glad that, I mean, she's the best mom and she really is one that deserves another baby. What about you? I mean, you know, let's work on dating. You'll find someone, but you know, there's different ways to have children these days. Like, do you want to have more children or? Yes, I do. My daughter, the other day, she's like, mommy, I want a sister and a brother like tomorrow. And I was like, okay, well, let me get on that. (laughs) So um, I don't know. I'll have to date first, but I definitely want at least one more. Have you thought of like different methods of having children or do you just really want to go traditional and like find someone and wait? I mean, I, you know, ideally I'd love traditional and just to find someone that's a, an amazing father figure for Kira too, um, that we can do things as a family together um, because, you know, she's always with me and I feel like she has my dad and she has my brother, but she needs like a family, you know, she needs to be in a family. And I do pray for that one day and I'm in no rush. So if that, if I don't have another baby, it's okay. I, I would just really like to meet like an amazing person that, you know, would be in our lives and that could take care of us and, and that is fun and we can just do everything with. That's not asking too much. It just, it won't be David Spade, but it maybe will be Brody one day. I don't know. What if, what about on new beginnings? You know, we had Misha Barton, like, I mean, I know there was a lot of, you know, criticism from the fans and critics of like, she stuck out like a sore thumb and didn't really get along with anyone. I mean, I have my own feelings because I'm a huge OC fan. And so I understand why she was cast and I was there for it. But like, how was that? Like, how, how did she fit in? You know, it was really random because she had never watched the show before. So she didn't know our dynamic and she didn't know the drama. So it was kind of like a deer in headlights at time. Like, what is going on? You know, and they want her to be more confrontational and more, you know, opinionated and get in there. But she it's very different when you're coming from like the world of making movies and, you know, scripted work to 
reality where it's kind of improv acting and you just like, you can't care about, you have to care about your image, but it's hard because you're using your real name and who you are, but you're also doing things you don't, you wouldn't normally do for the sake of ratings and a good TV show. Um, And it just wasn't Misha's thing. And I, my friend, Krista Ellen, who's an actress, she came to one of our filmings and she was like, Audrina, I don't know how you do it. Like, I could never do what you're doing. I could never do it. And I'm an actress. Like I could never do that. So it's a whole different ball game. It is. Do you still keep in touch with her? Cause you had a lot of your scene. I mean, she was kind of part of your story. Yeah, that first season. I still keep in touch with her. You know, I think the last time we, ch- we like check in with each other from time to time, just like, hi, I hope you're doing well. Miss you um, around Christmas. What about the fact that, you know, listen, Spencer says lots of things in the world he has said that, you know, you guys all wanted to keep this going after it ended the second season and you were all going to like pull out your own cameras and start filming. And he was like, you're all crazy. We, we like need a network. But he said like basically the whole cast was trying to keep this going without like MTV. I mean, is that true? Is that happening? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it would have been nice to keep it going. Um but Spencer, no, I don't know. He says a lot of different things. Um, maybe that's his perspective. But I mean, it would we kind of were hoping for a third season just because we finally kind of got into the flow of things. But then it's like, okay, well, if we're going to do this, we all have to be game and like we need to do it good. You know, we can't say, no, I'm not saying that, or no, I'm not doing this or not show up because of things you, you just got to be a hundred percent in. And I think a lot of us were pulling back and worried about our image and not giving it a hundred percent, which caused a lot of problems. Well, that's what Spencer says. He says that, you know, the cast was hot pieces of garbage and losers. These are not my my words. Oh yeah. No, you can, this is recent. This isn't like Oh God. Yeah. I did hear from some mutual friends that he's been talking a lot of smack on me, especially, um, which is crazy, but I don't know. That's, I don't care. I'd rather not know, but it's like, is it projection? I don't know. Like we were all in this together. Like he's, he's there in the boat with us. Like we were all in it. We all had drama with the producers, with each other on and off camera. I mean, they should have had a camera behind the scenes that would have been a way better show of what what was really going on was it just like tension because you all wanted it to work so much of like we did but everybody was trying to control the scene and control their image and I feel like the producers were getting upset because they were trying to make a good tv show but then a lot of us wouldn't step it up. You know, there was one scene where I was told like, Audrina, you're at a three, take it to a 10. Like we need tears. And I was like, I had to do a pickup scene with Misha. And I was like, okay, well let me just channel what I'm really going through in my real life. And I'll just start crying. Cause I do that all the time off camera. Um, and so I, I brought it and Misha was like, wow, Audrina, that was really good. And I was like, thanks. But now let me like shut that off and like, stop thinking about that and just stay tunnel vision in like filming mode right now. And you're able to do that. See, you, you are, you're like, you're an actress. Like that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So honestly, with all of Spencer's comments, I think 
they're, they're just, they were in it with us too. So I think he's speaking for all of us, not and and himself too. It's not, he shouldn't pinpoint people because they were in this right there with us. <laughs> I think it's like you say projection. He's just upset that it's not going on for a third season. Yeah. And Spencer and Heidi, like originally they really were the ones that Spencer, especially, you know, he was pushing for the Hills to come back and my daughter. Um, and so I think that was really great because he he's very passionate about that. And, and it did come back. And he was always talking to the producers and like making sure, like, how are the ratings? Like, what do we need to do to make it better? You know, he was he was all game for it. Was there one person in particular with New Beginnings that, you know, or one or two that just really didn't want to kind of go there, like you say, let it all out? You know, I wish I could, but I legally, I could not. And, you know, and off camera, even during certain scenes, um, I would break down and like, they couldn't show that because I would read a message or something would happen in court. And and I would just like, you know, it would have been good TV, but I couldn't show that. So I think there were certain things that I couldn't show in my real life that he was probably talking about, um, but I just couldn't. And then, you know, I think Frankie filmed a lot about his relationship and, and they filmed a lot. And then towards the end, they had to take a lot of it out and delete it because of reasons. And, you know, I think Jason and Ashley, they were just game for everything. Their whole lives are on the show. Like that's real. What you see is what you get. Like all of that is what they were going through and Heidi and Spencer, you know, them too. Like that's their life. So for me, this, it wasn't really my life life. It was my life with a group of people. Um, but what I was really going through was so opposite. Did like the producers understand that? Like it's legally, like you couldn't show it. You couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really, really hard because it's a reality show, but I'm not showing my real reality. So for me, it was really hard, but you know, I was game for all the storylines and I did whatever they told me to do. And I improvised. I thought of it as a job and this is my acting job or like some of it, you know, obviously there was real emotions and real moments and things that I did talk about and do. Um, but again, like there was a lot of blurred lines. What do you think as people read this wonderful book choices to the hills and back, like, what do you think they're going to be most shocked to find out about you? Like, wow, I never would have thought Audrina went through that or had that or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I'm really good at putting a smile on. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, (laughs) Putting a smile on and just like trying to embrace the positive all the time. So I feel like people never really knew what was going on behind the scenes. And that's really in my book is what I was so vulnerable and open about everything as much as I could be. Um, so what are you doing? Okay. Is she like, what is mommy doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, she's out of school now, so she's chilling. Um, I think also just opening up about what I went through and I hope that it's inspiring to other people out there. If they want to get into the limelight and the fame and the spotlight, this is kind of what comes with it. There's a lot of amazing, amazing things and I would never give it up, you know, but, but you have to be prepared 
and have thick skin and just be more aware of your surroundings and what comes with it. And then also just relationship wise, um, learn from my mistakes and just kind of, I hope they're inspired by it and get something from it. Like, what did you get from it, from reading it? Well, I mean, well, I also wanted to ask you too, is there anything you didn't include? I mean, I, you were very open, you know, like I think a lot of times people write these books that are supposed to be tell, she can say hi if she wants to, like, she doesn't have to though. Um, I'm just saying it. You want to hug me? Okay. Come here. She could do that. I don't know. Some people don't want their children on. You want to say hi? She can say hi. Hi. You're home from school already. I would have thought school would have gone to June something. What? I would have thought school would have gone through June something. Yeah, I know. She um she got out the other day. So here, mommy will be done soon. Okay. Those are really loud, honey. Go finish the movie. Whenever I'm done, I'll go get you. Okay. She loves her potato chips. Oh my gosh, she loves chips. I do too, though. I mean that, well, I, so I got out of it, you know, that you were very open and honest and really, I felt held nothing back, which. Yeah. It was really hard for me. I'm not going to lie. Like it was very, it was, it was a very emotional, um, process and Jen Schuster, who's the ghostwriter kind of helped me through it. Cause there was a lot of times I would write and like, we'd write or talk for hours and write things. And then you're like, I can't, I can't, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to bring it up again. Like I left it in the past. I, I want to leave it there. And she's like, Audrina, we're doing this. So I was like, okay, you're right. If I'm going to do this, I have to do it hundred percent. So let's do it. So she kind of went through, Googled my name and found all this stuff. And she's like, let's talk about this. And let's talk about this. And I said, okay, let's, here it is. And I mean, I like, all the fame talk. I mean, like, is your relationship to fame just totally different now? Like it's it so I be. feel like it is because now I'm a mom and I live in Orange County. So I'm not in LA. And I feel like everything's changed now from 15, 20 years ago. Um, the paparazzi's not as crazy, you know, and it's everything's online, like everything's on social media. We never had that. So fame for me now you know, when I am out with my daughter and people want to take photos, I'll still take photos, but I'll, you know, I don't want her to be in the photos. That's why I asked. I was like, she doesn't have to say hi. Cause a lot of, I mean, I don't want to assume that you want her on. Yeah, But you know, it's crazy. She, she wants, she gets mad when she sees like a commercial or anything I'm on TV. She's like, mommy, that's not fair. I want to be on that with you. Like she's got it in her blood. So I don't know. She like wants to be a part of it. She wants to be in the pictures and she poses and like, like Kira, who are you? Well, they are making a Hills next generation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. With a cast of 20, I don't know how they're going to do that because the Hills new beginnings, we had a cast of 14 and it was really hard because there was too much going on. And the episodes were an hour long, which I think they should have stuck to the 20 minute, you know, the half hour shows. Yeah. Um, we'll see though. Do you, I mean, how do you feel about that? Because I mean, well, Jersey Shore cast came out and said, I don't know, they're doing the same thing with Jersey Shore and they came out like Snooki and all of them and just said, no, thanks. Yeah. They're not I at mean, all happy. It's kind of like a smack in the face a little bit. I mean, just name it something different. Um, and Brody, was talking about it the other day too, because they're filming all of it in Malibu and like Calabasas. And, um, 
it's like, how are you going to do that with 20 people, but still call it the Hills, but it's all different. I just feel like the Hills was such an iconic OG reality show to try to recast it. Um, I don't know how it's going to be, but it, yeah, it was like a smack in the face a little bit like, okay, but I guess we're all boring now. So who knows? are you upset though? Like is Brody upset? Like, are you guys, cause I mean, Jersey shore, the people were really upset. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It's like, we're not like upset, upset. It's just like, wow, you guys, like you couldn't like talk to us and give us another shot because the COVID and just everything that went on, um, really like affected our, the show, but it's also, we all had to step it up too. So it's like, were we willing to put in the work to do that? Like maybe these new fresh kids that have no responsibilities and don't care about their image. They're just ready to give it their all and go for it. And that's what they want, which I would. So, you know, we hold back a lot and, we know what the producers are doing before they even ask us. So we're like onto it and it changes the way we're going to do things sometimes where a new cast, they're not used to it. They're going to be thrown into situations and just, it'll be very fresh. Would you ever do your in orange County? Would you ever do more reality TV or specifically, you know, yes, (laughs) no, I feel like OC housewives is just not my, not my thing. I I know Lydia and I know Megan um, and Gretchen and I talk to them and I see them. Well, not Megan so much anymore, but Gretchen and Lydia, you know, and, and, oh, and well, she was on Beverly Hills Housewives, but I just don't think it's a show for me. I feel like Ashley Waller would be amazing on it. Like that would be a great show for her. Well, I mean, listen, I've had Lydia on, I've had Megan on, I've had Gretchen. I mean, so I, I do agree. I think Ashley would be good. But yeah. if Andy called, if your phone rings, Audrey, I mean, they are doing a new season. They're trying to figure out, Cassie, if your phone rings right after this interview, it's Andy Cohen. He's like, Audrina, I just want to talk to you. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it because I have heard that they want to change it a little bit and bring in a young, like a different vibe and crowd. Um so I would, I would be open to hearing what they have in mind or how I would fit in, you know, like, where would I fit in there? Because I mean, it's me and my daughter and my house isn't massive and I don't have a private jet or anything. So I don't know where I would fit in. Well, this isn't Beverly Hills. That sounds like you would fit in just True. perfectly. <laughs> Maybe I will. Going back to this amazing book, does your Epps no like does he aware that this book is coming out like has he is there going to be a reaction I mean you know I I've been talking about it and I've been posting it on on my social media so and everything in the book of you know it's not I'm not talking down on him or I didn't write the book because of him um so you know, it's like he was a big part of my life. And I did talk about my perspective and what I what I personally went through. And, you know, my relationship, and it's no secret, you know, our relationship was toxic. I mean, you just Google it, and you see me crying on the street. And like, it's it was on the Audrina show, like it was everywhere. So it's not like I'm coming out of the woodworks talking about it. You know, it's something that was a big part of my life that is also in the book. 
That's why I think it's such a great book. And then we'll wrap up just because there is so much tabloid stuff. You're saying your ghostwriter Googled you. There yeah. are you crying on the side of the streets, TMZ saying things. It's like, this is your word. So, I mean, that's to me, that's what I got from it. And just also not everyone, you know, really gets to that point of like, like you said, like, you're not going to ever have this type of relationship again. No, I feel for people, not everyone gets there. So I really took away, like, as people read this, hopefully a light bulb will go on for certain. I hope so. And sometimes, you know, like different people can read the same thing and get something different from it. So I can't wait to hear what the responses are. And, you know, I just hope and pray that it does help people in that way with the, in their relationships and what to look out for. And even my relationship with Justin, you know, like, um, we were so young and so like, we should have did it so differently, but it's also that kind of paved my way into the next relationship that was worse. And I kept putting up with bad behavior and things that I should have just like walked out on immediately. But that's amazing. At least you and Justin could still remain friends. Yeah. He's done a lot of growing and healing as well. You know, um, he's like a different person now. Well, if he (laughs) did not want this nomadic lifestyle anymore, what about him? I mean, there's something about him that's so calming. And I know that if he was ready to commit and I would give it a shot just because I'm so comfortable and I know him, but I also like, I want to start fresh. I want someone new and I want something different. Not sometimes when you have such a past and a history with someone, those little things come up, you know, and it'd be nice to like start fresh with someone new and create new memories and just a whole new dynamic. And someone who's like really ready to commit. Someone that's really ready to commit, that has integrity and they're loyal and they have, they're respected and they're, you know, stable financially and they have their own thing going on where I don't have to um, help or worry about that. You know, someone, I just want the whole package. (laughs) Is that too much to ask for? No, it's really not too much to ask. Like you're successful, you're gorgeous. I mean, I'm a gay man. I can say this, like it's, you. you know, before we go, well, the next time we speak, hopefully you'll be in a loving relationship and you will be the number one, you know, you'll be on the New York Times bestselling list. Thank before you. We go, I hope so. I'm putting it out to the world. I have a feeling that that's what's going to happen. But <laughs> if, even though, you know, you're a little whatever, but if the, if they do ask, you know, hey, Audrina, we do want you to make an appearance on the Hills Next Generation, maybe in some capacity, would you, would you? This is what I told Brody. I'm like, if you're in Malibu, maybe you should just surf out there. <laughs> like if they're filming or something. Um, yeah, maybe I would as a mentor. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I would make an appearance for sure. Um, but I honestly, I'm so interested in how they're going to make that come together with 20 people. That's so many. It's a lot. I mean, even like you said, like new beginnings with 14 felt yeah. like a lot. And that's, you know, you did get like Frankie stuff caught and a lot of things were just cut that there were just a lot of people you're like oh there's Whitney we haven't seen her wait in like two episodes wait I forgot about that and I know well there's also like we filmed for six months and had so much and then 
they didn't use any of it. We had to start over. So there is so much footage that was not used. I mean, they could do a whole show on the unused footage and deleted scenes. Well, maybe that would be great too. <laughs> well, everyone needs to listen to your podcast and just, you know, this rewatching and get this book. Where can everyone find you online that doesn't follow you already? Oh, well, my Instagram, Audrina Patridge, and then there's a link there that you could click on and that you can buy the book on there and it has all the places that, that it's available at. And then I'll be doing a book signing um, July 28th at the Grove in LA. So you should come by. Um, and then I'll also be in New Jersey um, at July bookends? 7th. At bookends? Not, I think so. Doing I'm, a signing there. I, I'm going to try to go to that one because yeah, I'm in come. New York City. So if you go on my Instagram in my bio, there's a link. And if you click it, it tells my, what my schedule is for the book tour. I, I bet you it's at bookends. It's like, yeah. I bet you that's nice. Probably. Okay. I'm going to come yeah, to that So I'm one. excited to meet everyone and sign all the books and just kind of answer whatever questions fans want to ask. And yeah. I love it. Well, listen, this has been wonderful. Sorry to keep you for a whole it's hour. Okay. Like you've been great. And thank you for being open. You can come back here anytime you would like. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, if you're in Jersey and it's at bookends, try to stop by. I will. I'll like remind you you're on this podcast. I'll be like, remember me? It's me. I'll remember you. I cannot forget you. You're so cute. Thank you. You're very nice. So thank you. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.